Hey everyone, Bill Giannone here. Welcome back to another Crestcast. This one's going to be about how we treat our customers. I'm going to throw something at you guys that you may have not been too familiar with, or you might totally disagree, but I'm going to talk about this in a way so that we can have a good thought-provoking conversation. Go all the way back to people like Ray Kroc and you'll find business people who 100% believe that everything's about the customer. The customer is always right. You've heard that expression a thousand times over. Ray Kroc's big belief was that you had to always build your business around your customer. What does your customer want? How do we give the customer what he wants? Okay, it makes sense. Everybody thinks that those are obvious and there's not going to be too much argument about that. The argument of the customer always comes first. Very few people want to argue with that. You build it around customer service. You build it around the product you're offering. If you can't make the customer happy, your business doesn't exist, right? That, that makes perfect sense, right? No argument there. Well, I'm here to tell you that there are many people who believe the customer shouldn't come first. They believe the customer shouldn't even come second. In our industry, I'm going to make a crazy argument and a crazy statement that the customer should come third. <laughs> okay, third behind whom? Well, let's start. Who should come first in your business's eyes? For most leaders today who realize that there's a change from 40 years ago, the employees come first. There was a business book that was written back in 1985, and it was one of the highest selling business books of all time. A gentleman named Tom Peters wrote it, and it was called The Passion for Excellence. He wrote a bunch of different books, all about really, really good intellectual conversations about running and owning a business and leadership. He wrote this book, A Passion for Excellence, and his entire premise for 400 plus pages was this. First, take exceptional care of your customers via superior service and superior quality. Second, constantly innovate to address their needs. That's it. That's all he said in the entire book, 437 pages. Now, most of the book talked about businesses at the time, like IBM, like McDonald's. Companies that were growing and prosperous and really leaders in the United States economy. And back then... In 1985, everything was geared around that. Well, I know for most of you who own and run businesses, and if you've owned them for any period of time, you know that the worker of today is a different person than the worker of 20 years ago. I'm a different worker than my dad was. And I was working on Wall Street in 1985 when this book came out. So I understand the idea of customer first. 
I don't necessarily understand the concept of employee first, but here's why I'm going to argue it. Employee first today makes a lot of sense because of the current type of person that we have working with us. When my dad got a job and when I got my first job, the American dream, so to speak, was to work with a company for 40 years, retire, get your gold watch. It was not about you. It was about the company. So when that happens and the company turns around and says, we care about the customer, everybody's going to fall in line. Nowadays, when we need to have our employees buying into everything we're doing, when their options are far more diverse in what they could do with their lives than my options were or my father's option was, we have to change our mindset a little bit. Also, with the advent of everything that has happened in the last 40 years, from the internet to all the great options. Just think about a cell phone and the things that we can do with that cell phone we couldn't do 20 or 30 years ago. All those options open up an incredible amount of opportunities for interaction. Meaning our company is not just reflected by the singular spokesperson or messenger that we want to put out there. Everybody in our company is a spokesperson. So we really owe it to ourselves to make those people more customer-centric, but make them happy. How do we do that? Well, simply put, we have to worry about our employees first. I'm going to give you a statistic here. Gallup did a survey, and it was called the State of the American Workplace. And in their survey, they looked at employee opinions of a company. Then they looked at the company itself and how they talked about their employees. And when they found out that the team members were engaged and driven in their company, as opposed to just treated as pawns, they were better at customer relations no matter who it was, from the salesman all the way to the secretary in the office. And over a two-year period, those companies averaged a 20% increase in growth over the other companies who considered themselves customer-centric. So let me say that again. The companies that were employee-centric still care about the customers, but they don't put the customers first. They put the employees first. Those companies grew 20% faster and larger than customer-centric companies. You know, many of you people have heard about Richard Branson. Richard Branson has a very famous quote. He owns Virgin Airways. He owns Virgin Records. He's obviously a well-versed businessman, successful billionaire. His whole thing is that you've got to take care of the employees if you treat the employee well, they're going to take care of you and your customers. So let me read a couple of quotes of his. It sort of should go without saying, and it's surprising that it still doesn't go without saying at most companies. But if the person who does work 
at your company is 100% proud of the job they're doing, if you give them the tools to do a good job, and they're proud of the brand, and if they're looked after, and if they're treated well, then they're going to be smiling, they're going to be happy, and therefore the customer will have a nice experience. If the person who's working for your company is not given the right tools, is not looked after, and is not appreciated, they're not going to do things with a smile, and therefore the customer will be treated in a way where often they won't want to come back for more. So he looks at it this way. He puts his staff first, his customers second, and his shareholders third. Because he says, in the end, the shareholders are still going to do fine, and the customers are still going to do better, but everybody's going to be happy. I really like that mindset. It does make sense. Think about our industry. Your employees, especially those who go out in the field, are expected every day to go out and do some really horrific tasks out there. You know, I'm always thinking about Mike Rowe and dirty jobs. And I don't know if he's ever done an episode where he's shown up at a restoration company to go muck out sewage in somebody's basement or crawl space at two in the morning. But that's what our guys do routinely. Routinely, our guys go out there and do that. Think about this. And this is a rhetorical question, but you really need to ask yourself this question. Am I showing my appreciation to my team for exactly what they're doing for me and for our customers? That's a really serious question. Sam Walton, everybody knows who Sam Walton is. He founded Walmart. I think we can honestly say that Walmart might be one of the most successful companies in the history of mankind. That would not be overstating it. That would not be hyperbole. Sam Walton designed an incredible business model. Here's a direct quote from Sam Walton. If you want people in the stores to take care of the customers, you have to make sure you're taking care of the people in the stores. That is a very, very moving commentary on what we should be doing in our own quote unquote store to take care of the people that work with us. We have to take a focus and maybe we don't totally shift away from customer centric, but like I told you before, you can be customer centric in a scheme where you're still putting your teammates and your staff first because their efforts towards the customers is still going to be superior to those whose companies are not employee centric. Okay. Now I'm teasing you because I said that client should come third. So if employees come first, who comes second? Well, in restoration, I'm going to make an argument that our lead sources should come second. Now our lead sources Yes, we can have internet, we can have PPC, we can have all those nice fancy SEO internet kind of things. We can have 33 mile radius and all the other lead types we have. We could have TPAs. I'm talking about those of you who are out there grinding it out every day, getting the majority of your business from plumbers and brokers. If you're getting the business from plumbers and brokers, they need to be coming 
more important to you than your customer. How is that possible? Well, logic dictates that we're going to be getting all of our business or the vast majority of our business from those lead sources. It's very rare. A small percentage of our business comes from either repeat customers or referrals from customers. When they come in, that's gravy. That's terrific. That's a sure sign that our field personnel and our sales staffs are treating our customers very well. That's about your product. But that's not necessarily 100% of your corporate culture. Right now, one of the customers, well, excuse me, one of the Crest clients that we work with has a plumber who has given them year to date 96 leads. So 96 leads is 16 leads a month. That's on average three to four leads a week. Is he more important than any of those 96 clients that he sent our Crest members way? Absolutely. That is the feel, the, 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 the drop dead reality. And I'm sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable and a little cringy, but right now that is the reality. The reality is that the plumbing company who gave 16 leads a month to the restoration company should have priority over any one of those 96 clients. You need to have a focus on them to make sure they are as happy as possible. Because at least in our industry, they really are your customer in the old pure sense of the way. Customer-centric used to be the end buyer, the end user. Now, customer-centric in restoration is the person who generates the leads for us, the lead generation source. That's our customer. They're just not the person who we're doing the work in their house or who's signing our contract. But that is our customer. It's very important to understand that. So when we say, oh, the customer is always right, the customer always comes first. Sometimes when we say those things, we could be cutting off our nose twice to spite our face. Let's think about building a culture that's customer-centric. However, it's customer-centric under an umbrella that puts the employees first and cares about them more than anyone else and then focuses on our lead generation sources. That's a different way of thinking about things. It might not be comfortable for you guys, but that's why I'm here today. I'm here to shake that tree a little bit. So the customer doesn't always come first. Thanks for joining me today on this Crestcast. I'm Bill Giannone. I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to talking with you on the next Crestcast. Take care. Bye-bye.